1: Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com.
2: Good afternoon. A couple minutes after 4, you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Or perhaps on the app. You can download it free from WFIL.com and carry us with you wherever you go. Forecast calling for a sunny rest of the afternoon, breezy, chilly, eventually settling into a clear and very chilly night, low of 20, kind of cloudy, a good chunk of the weekend, sunshine once in a while, but the big story is maybe a little light snow Uh, Saturday night into Sunday morning, perhaps just an inch, but it'll be a nice little first taste of winter, 35 the high tomorrow and 36 the high for Sunday. Flyers 2-1 winners over Dallas yesterday, ending an eight-game losing streak. They're at Jersey tomorrow afternoon, 1 o'clock. Sixers are home tonight against Atlanta at 7. And, of course, you have uh, the football playoffs getting back into gear. Eight teams are left, including the Eagles. They'll be at New Orleans Sunday afternoon at 4.40. As part of this fine broadcast, we're looking forward to having Eagles Hall of Fame kicker David Akers joining us for a little bit near the end of the program. David, uh, of course, has had... His share of big moments and big games. And we'll be chatting with him a little bit about this past Sunday. Just thinking about how the Eagles barely made the playoffs, but they did on that missed kick at the end. And uh, also what's coming up with Drew Brees and the Saints. David, of course, loves the Lord a lot, too. So he'll probably share about his faith a bit in our conversation. Also looking forward to having uh, Scott Wilder on with us for a few minutes. Scott is with Preborn. We've been talking about that and helping support Preborn's mission of bringing uh, free ultrasounds to a pregnant mom, uh, women and, uh, and and young girls. And so he'll be in studio with us actually next Monday and Tuesday to talk more fully about that. But we're going to chat with him by phone for a few minutes before then. That'll be partway through the program. But before we do any of that, we want to uh, go to the middle of the country, so to speak, and bring in our first guest for today, Mike Berry. He is the author of Winning the Heart mm-hmm. of Your Child. Hello, Mike. Hello. How you doing? How are you? Good. I'm good. Yeah. Thank Good. you. For, thank you for being on. You're you're based in Indiana. Is yeah. that right?
3: That's correct. Yes. I, I live in I live north of Indianapolis. I'm actually in New York City right now. Okay. Talking to you. But yeah, I'm in uh, typically right there on my farm in central Indiana.
2: Okay. So just as a, just coming out of the sports report there, uh, will there be many sets of eyes in your in your household glued to the TV with the Colts playing the Chiefs?
3: That's a- absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You can bet. You can bet
2: on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, both head coaches in that game have Philly roots. Frank right. Frank yeah. Reich for Indy was the Eagles' offensive coordinator last year, the Super Bowl champs, and Andy Reid with the Chiefs for many, many years in Philadelphia. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that'll be yeah. fun. We'll see what happens. They're the first game; they kick the whole thing off. Four thirty-five tomorrow yeah. afternoon.
3: Yeah, so, it's going to be interesting. We're excited, though.
2: Yeah. You and your wife uh, Kristen have eight children, all adopted, mm-hmm. and. uh, over a nine-year window, were foster parents to almost two dozen children, and um, yes, where did your heart for for you know, heart four and path two adoption start for you guys?
3: You know, actually, it started with my wife. Uh, she grew up in, a, in an adoptive family. Uh, her youngest brother was adopted from Bulgaria. Her grandfather actually aged out of the foster care system when he was a, a kid. And told a lot of stories growing up, and it just kind of tuned her heart to that. And you know, my I did not grow up um, with an adoption storyline in my family, but my heart changed, and to this day, I'm incredibly grateful that it did. Yeah, well, so that's that- really how it started for us.
2: And I I mentioned that, as you you know, you've written this book here, Winning the Heart of Your Child, uh, Nine Keys to Building a Positive Lifelong Relationship with Your Kids. Uh, Obviously, that I'm thinking some of this book has been birthed out of just being a parent, uh, because you mentioned early on, even when you and Kristen were first married, life was moving pretty fast. I think you said you were a youth pastor in the early days, especially, and just booking activities left and right.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I I look back on my younger days, and I I just didn't I, I didn't realize how fast time goes. You know, when you're and when you're young, you think you have all the time in the world, and you know, even when you have the older folks saying, oh, you know what, you're you're gonna blink, and she's gonna be graduating high school, and you know, I I thought, oh, you know, yeah, but then that's that's 18 years from now, that's six, seventeen years from now, and then you suddenly you blink and you realize, wow, uh, a decade just flew by. And, you know, when I was younger, uh, I didn't really have a, a strong appreciation for how fast time was moving. And, um, I, I wouldn't say that I missed my, my children's, ch- you know, childhood. Um, but, you know, I, I, look back and there are a lot, there are moments where I realized, wow, if I can impart some wisdom on, um, younger parents or any parent for that matter, um, it would be time is precious and, um, you Your kids are top priority and you need to be involved in their lives. It it changes their life and it changes yours.
2: Mike Barry is author of the book, Winning the Heart of Your Child, Nine Keys to Building a Positive Lifelong Relationship with Your Kids. The book actually is not out yet, but will be soon, I believe, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I think it comes out the early February, if I'm not mistaken. Um,
3: that's correct.
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it also, uh, you con- uh, co-founded the award-winning blog confessions of an adoptive parent, just so people are aware of that. Mm-hmm. If they want to kind of follow you there confessions of an adoptive Parent.com. that theme about time that you mentioned, Mike, I think everybody can, can relate to, and you've done a lot of counseling and speaking over the years as you've talked with parents and, and it's a theme in your book, obviously. Um, what did what did you find as you were talking with parents when it comes to that topic uh, specifically, as far as whether it's not not believing, like yeah 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 I'm sure, like you kind of addressed just now, versus a little bit of regret, maybe like where did time go and they're waking up now and, and trying to encourage them to say, well don't 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 call it a call it a game yet, you still have time to right right. So you you, you probably yeah, talked to yeah. a lot of different different types of parents in, in, in regards to that.
3: Oh absolutely, I mean I. I probably hundreds upon hundreds of of moments in my family life ministry career uh, was spent talking to parents from all different backgrounds, parents who were just starting out in their their journey as a parent. Most of the time it was spent with parents of teenagers who felt like they had completely lost touch with their child. And, you know, when you talk about the time thing, a lot of what was happening with some of those parents is that when their children were younger... Uh, they may have been they may have been filling up the schedule or, or may, making work a priority, but oftentimes it was the parent who failed to set boundaries um, with with their child when they were younger, and then suddenly they felt like now their child is out of control or their child is you know uh, has you know is not paying attention to them or has no respect for them, and they feel like they're out of time. They feel like it's the, they've almost given up. Like I I, we, I have no more contact or I have no more connection with my child. And for me to say something like you are the greatest voice of influence in your child's life, they wouldn't believe me, you know, and I would have to tell them, yes, you are. It just doesn't seem like it right now, or you've just lost. You're just a little bit lost, but you can get back on track. It's not the end of the game, like you said. Um, so I think a lot of times parents, when it came to time, you know i also had people who just felt like you know i've i've spent all my time waiting for these big moments these vacations or these these trips to um, an amusement park to spend quality time with my child and they didn't realize that you also have these these smaller moments you know these trips to the grocery store or this you know this this opportunity to to play catch in the backyard or something like that that you could seize um that really that really would help build a uh, a positive lifelong relationship as i talk about in the book
2: Mike barry the author of winning the heart of your child uh, if you can hang on a minute mike we'd like to uh, take a quick break and then when we come back sure. you have nine keys your list here we, well, we're not gonna have time to go through all nine i'm sure and people that's what the book is for <laughs> right but maybe you'd be thinking what's a, a key or two or three that you you know at least we can get people an appetite for and give them an idea of what the book's about can we do that in a couple sure. of minutes all right. Absolutely. Very good. Back with Mike Berry, author of the, uh, Winning the Heart of Your Child, Nine Keys to Building a Positive Lifelong Relationship with Your Kids. It's the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com.
1: You're listening to a podcast of the Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com.
2: 414 AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Glad to continue our conversation now with Mike Barry, the author of Winning the Heart of Your Child, Nine Keys to Building a Positive Lifelong Relationship with Your Kids. Uh, I say this on the program every now and again, Mike. I'm a I'm a linear kind of guy. I can jump around, but I do like uh, context and kind of order. So you kind of addressed this a little while ago, but, but I think it's good to, foundationally, that first key, blending love and discipline for influence and reminding parents mm-hmm. that they do have, in fact, influence, and that's the greatest gift perhaps they can give their child. Maybe just start with that first key, and we could even touch on a, uh, several of the others.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think that um, we have a tendency sometimes as parents to uh, to go really, really, really far to the to the love side of things or really, really far to the discipline side of things. And I actually talk about this in the first part of the book um, with the different parenting Approaches, yes, um, you know, between uh, you know a buddy, a BFF, as I call a BFF or buddy or the dreamer you know, or the general or a commander, as I say it in the book. Um, but I, I think it's important for parents to understand that love and discipline hold hands when it comes to parenting. Um, and healthy discipline. Um, first of all, the word discipline is so negative. can come across as so negative, but it's not. you know it's not a negative word. it just has been made. Uh, into a negative to, to have a negative connotation. But when you can blend, when you can understand that you you discipline out of love and you can love through discipline, yeah. um, but that we we, we function and and this and the, the world around us functions through boundaries uh, and through uh, structure. So being able to, you know in the story that I tell in that first uh, key, the chapter's called "Everything I Know About Influence I Learned from My Mother-in-Law," which my mother-in-law will really appreciate. Yeah, of that's what my wife says. I mean, my <laughs> wife told, tells me that. Um, yeah, you know, I tell a story about how she, um, you know, she she had this great relationship with her daughter, still does, where she's, you know, when they were in high school, when my daughter, my wife was in high school, they had many times they'd go out to lunch, uh, and there was one story in particular where they went out to lunch. Um, and had a great time, great conversation. But then later on that night, my wife um, came in after curfew, and my mom, ma- my mother-in-law, calmly explained to her, there, there is a consequence for this, you know. And so they had this really great relationship where they could they could communicate with one another. But then there was also that structure of discipline and boundaries and consequences for, for uh, crossed boundaries. So I think it's important to blend that we have this perspective as parents where we blend love and discipline. It's not just all love or all discipline that that can create unhealthy relationships.
2: Yeah. and you, when know, you can
3: view it as holding hands. It's healthy.
2: I think in that chapter, also one of those four types you mentioned I re- that resonated with me had more to do with the instructor, I think I'm a blend of the four, yeah. but, but I, I want to be intentional and, and your book has a lot of intentionality in it, which, which is, uh, mm-hmm. which is nice, but it also comes across. I think when I'm disciplining, I'm trying to kind of educate and you had something maybe yeah. me laugh. Yeah. Like your kid says, what's five plus three. And you get, get out the whiteboard and explain the history of algebra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well, yeah. yeah, that's part of, I mean, that, that's more a benign version of the, I guess of the drill sergeant or whatever. Uh, yeah. Well intentioned, but still, like the kids overwhelmed by it. My kids are, have told me that, like, Dad, I, I don't come to see you sometimes because I know that it's not going to be a short visit.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I've it, I've, got, I've gotten that too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you move along, and there are a number of other keys. But the next one does talk about just being embracing the shift, which I thought was a, was a mm-hmm. good one for people to to think about. Talk about that for a moment
3: yeah and actually, I'm glad you asked about this one because I think this is this this key is probably what drove uh, the writing of this book. Hmm. Uh, this is probably this is my favorite key. Um, and i I love it because I think I believe that if parents can understand they can embrace the shift, understand the shift, I think that 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 alone, grasping that key alone can set you up for so much success in your parenting. So you look at it this way. When, when we talk about the shift, what is the shift? You know, when your child, when your child is, is newborn through age, maybe let's say 10 or 11, right before the preteen years, in most circumstances, um, the parent is that child's world. You know, you're, you come home from work, the child runs to you, is excited to see you, you, you want to do something as meaningless as drive to the gas station to gas up your car, the child wants to ride, wants to be with you, wants to ride with you because it's time with mom or dad. And so from, for, through those formative years of birth through just about the end of elementary school, uh, it just seems like you are, if we were ranking, you know, if we were doing this in a ranking system, that we would be number one on our child's list of influential people. You know, they think we hung the moon. Yeah. And, you know, if we were, like I said, looking at it through a ranking, number one would be us as parents. Number two would be other adults, like a Sunday school teacher or a coach or a next door neighbor, and then number three would be friends. Number four would be culture. This is would be the ranking of influence in a child's life, uh, or so it seems from birth through preteen years. And then it just seems like over almost overnight, uh, the ranking shifts. It's like you wake up and suddenly your child doesn't run to greet you when you come home from work, or they they don't think you hung the moon. In fact, it seems like they're not even listening to you. And suddenly it seems like now their friends are number one, culture is number two, other adults are three, and you're in this lonely fourth position. You know, it seems like I have no influence over this child's life anymore. And that's the shift that happens naturally as children grow up. And what I always tell parents is, yeah, I know it's hard to suddenly feel like you don't have – you have less influence, but you're still on the list. You're, you're still a voice of influence. You're just not the primary voice of influence right now. Um, and you've got to be okay with being in fourth place. Um, it's only for a season. If you can stay engaged, if you can stay the course, uh, that, that will eventually lead to a friendship when your child reaches the adult years. Um, so that's really the shift uh, that takes place, uh, Uh um, with, with, uh, parents and their relationship with their children.
2: Mike Berry is and author of, tough. yeah, uh, well, and it actually leads into, if um, you're just tuning in, we chat with Mike Berry, who's author of Winning the Heart of Your Child, uh, Nine Keys to Building a Positive Lifelong Relationship with Your Kids. And I, I can testify to what you're saying. The next key, actually, three, just says amplify other voices of influence. And I've watched as my sons are 20 and 18, and then we have daughters who are 15, 12, and almost 13 and uh, 8 to watch them have other youth group leaders, other people take them out to breakfast, and you know it's like having enough. Um, uh, what's the word? Just being okay yeah. with that, like you know, and not, not even just being okay mm-hmm. with it. Don't take it personally, and actually welcome it so that there are additional voices sure. to help you. So that's part of the part of that success that you you refer to, and, and you know, growing up a little bit, and uh, and being okay yeah. with it. You know, um, yeah. I don't know if this helps you at all or backs up what you're saying. When we took our son to college, he goes to school in Florida. And a lot of my friends were seeing their kids go off to school and posting on Facebook and on my where did the time go? And those are all good questions. I felt that way. I was somewhat melancholy for a couple of months, but I I started thinking, and this gets into the part of your your book title that says a positive lifelong relationship with your kids. I started thinking, you know, Timmy's going to school now, and this is the first time he's going to campus. Let me make this about him going to college, not about me losing mm-hmm. my son. And as soon as yeah. I started, it was like a gift from God, like. I got excited. Like I have a new four year assignment here. And then that's the (laughs) first one. I got four more after that. And then I started thinking about other milestones the Lord willing, getting married and having children. And it started to feel like a, the beginning for me, not like the beginning of the end. So,
3: yeah, you know, you're, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's a really good perspective to have because I think a lot of times we, as parents, um, we internalize the, the different seasons that our children go through. And I think we do have a tendency, especially in those years when the shift happens and you feel like you don't have the voice of influence that you thought you did. Um, I think we, we take it personally. Uh, and I, I even find myself now, I mean, I, I've written this book and sometimes I'm, I'm having to take my own medicine, you know. And <laughs> That's that the problem.
2: Is, you put it in writing. You yeah. can't get away from it now.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And and I have kids that are like, wait, dad, don't you write books on this stuff? (laughs) Page 106, Dad,
2: paragraph two.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And they will, they will be the first to do that to me. So, you know, but, but you have a really, that's a really great illustration that you just gave that, that making it about him, like this is about his life and celebrating that and being involved in that, even if it's not something that, you know, pertains to you necessarily. And I, I, for any parent, you know, like, your child is, a, is their own they're – they're an individual. They're their own human being, and they have their own heart and their own mind, and they may be into things that you don't understand. I mean, hopefully they're healthy things. Right. But but celebrating that and being involved with that um, it is, does so much for your future relationship.
2: Yeah. Well, this is good stuff, Mike. Uh, this, this is the first several keys. Uh, if you have – it's up to you if you have the time to, to – uh... We have one more break to do Come back, and maybe we could chat about, jump ahead to that last key, which is uh, maybe a nice way for us to wrap up our time together. Do you have a few more minutes sure. you can hang with us? Okay, Absolutely. Very good. Excellent. Mike Barry, author of winning the heart of your child, nine keys to building a positive lifelong relationship with your kids is our guest on the Tim DeMoss show today. We're also looking forward to having Scott Wilder joining us a little bit later on with Preborn. He'll be in studio with us next week. David Akers, Eagles kicker will be uh, Uh, jumping on with us as well. It's all coming up here on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL and WFIL.com.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM 560, WFIL and WFIL.com.
2: It's 427, Tim DeMoss Show rolling along with Mike Berry, author of the uh, book, Winning the Heart of Your Child, Nine Keys to Building a Positive Lifelong Relationship with Your Kids. We've talked about a few of those keys, and we'll let you pick up the book in the next couple of weeks. It comes out in early February, and read through the whole thing. But that last key, I thought we could touch on, and has an interesting title: uh, "Leave a Lasting Legacy." And there's something called potato salad and headstones that might drive that point home. <laughs> so yeah,
3: I, and I'm I'm glad you brought this uh, key up because I this is one of my this is another. Um, uh, one of my favorite keys to talk about i love all of them of course cause I, you know they're all in the book but um i love this one because i think this is a really good encouragement walking away you know as you end towards the end of this book um mm-hmm. to, to to kind of tuck away in your heart uh, as you live your life not necessarily for anybody not just parents but you know um look at it won't Look at our lives like this, you know, you walk into any uh, graveyard, it's kind of weird to say, yeah. any uh, cemetery uh, across the U.S., um, you're going to see on um, the headstones uh, a birth date or a birth year, uh, and you're going to also see a death date, a death year. And the reality with those headstones, those grave markers, is that those two dates, birth date, death date, no control over. You know, we have no no control over when we were born, um, you know, no control over uh, death. It's going to happen. But what we do have control over is the dash in between those, um, those two dates. The dash is the story of our life. The dash is how we loved, how we served, how we gave. And when it comes to parenting, you know, when we are dead and gone, our children will tell stories. Our children will have memories. Our children will... Um, will remember the life that we had and, and how we loved them. And then of course, how, if we've struggled through our parenting, you know, how we didn't do all those things. And so the encouragement there is, you know, to, uh, to remember the legacy that you leave, remember the, um, remember the life that you are called to live and remember your role in your child's life um, to, to, to take every opportunity to love your children, to, to serve your children, to uh, encourage and affirm your children. And then, of course, also, like, as we've just talked about, blending that love and discipline, being willing to to say no, or that's not healthy, or I'm I'm saying no because I love you. All of those things play into the relationship we have with our children down the road the legacy that we leave behind and you know really the story that our dash will tell yeah and that long after we're gone
2: that that potato salad aspect too maybe just explain where you heard i that was a funny but it was true great way of of emphasizing what you just said
3: <laughs> so i long 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 time ago probably almost 20 years ago uh, i was at a john maxwell uh, leadership. It was the. It was back when he had released the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Yeah, and uh, he was talking about legacy. Uh, he was talking about the legacy that we leave. And and you know he actually said, uh, and I wrote these down. I mean, I, I wrote this down in the in the notebook that we got back then, and I, I just looked at it the other day. Um he said, shortly after you're dead and gone, people are gonna stand around eating potato salad and they're gonna start telling stories about you. And I really thought that was funny because I'm like, that is so true. Yeah, that's exactly what we do. We stand around with our plates of, of catered food and we we start telling you know stories about um, the person's life. And uh, you know it really has to do with um, with your legacy. you know So the question is, what story do you want to be told when people are standing around eating potato salad? after, you know, in the reception after your funeral.
2: I'm getting so. hungry now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Right. It's near Dinner time. So yeah, that's yeah. good. That's, it's a great challenge. It really is. Will people talk about you or will they, I mean, in the sense of, yeah, I, I, I he was always working or he was always don't yeah, I never got yeah. too close to him. He's always doing stuff. Or I think about right. that. Uh, cause I, I think about that for me, even though I know a lot of people, I'm always running around doing things and I know a lot of people, but I know my wife, for example, give her credit. She's just a lover of people, and she opens the house up. And if you give you came to the house with your wife, and you, and she'd be like loading you up with stuff when you're walking out the door. Take this for tomorrow. And I'm like, honey, um, they don't really, they didn't ask you for it. Why are you giving away half of our pantry? Uh, but she's that's her heart, you know. And and I I sure. can have to believe that that's the kind of thing where people are going to say she was always there for me, or she's always generous, or you know. And I want to be more like yeah. that. So, well, yeah. Mike, thank you for taking time. It's a, it's a pleasure to make your acquaintance and let people know about the book. Yeah. And we're going to hit another break here, but we're glad to be able to slip in these segments together and let people know about this book, Winning the Heart of Your Child. And that blog, uh, people are, this, this, yeah, still going, right? You keep that going, Confessions of a, an Adoptive Parent. Is that a regular thing for you?
3: Yeah, that is. And that, that's that's actually uh, the name of our company, too. We, we know we're an, a virtual support system for foster and adoptive parents and the blog is one of the ways that we fuel that so yeah still going strong
2: excellent again confessions of an adoptive parent.com is where you can look mike up there as well as this book keep an eye out for in a couple of weeks winning the heart of your child thanks again mike have a great weekend
3: yeah my pleasure you too
2: go Colts. we'll read we'll root for you at least this weekend
3: <laughs>
4: there you go sounds great
2: <laughs> all right take care <laughs> Uh, speaking he of which, did. yeah, we're going to take our short break and then we'll come back and we're welcoming Scott Wilder into the fold. We'll talk with him and also David Akers of the Eagles, former uh, kicker. And that's coming up before we have our program wrap up. Want to jam in here. Hang on.
1: Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues.
2: 437 on the Tim DeMoss show. We're going down to 20 with clear skies tonight. Kind of cloudy most of the weekend. A little sunshine here there. Maybe a little snow tomorrow night, too. An inch or two. Uh 35 the high tomorrow. 36 the high Sunday. Flyers 2-1 over Dallas last night. Ending an eight-game losing streak. They'll try and keep that winning thing going tomorrow at New Jersey, one o'clock. Sixers home tonight against Atlanta. And uh playoffs for the NFL resume tomorrow. Indianapolis at Kansas City 435 then the Cowboys at the Rams that's tomorrow night at 815 Sunday afternoon Chargers at the Patriots at 105 and then the Eagles at New Orleans at 440 David Akers of the Eagles is going to join us near the tail end of the program but before that as we look ahead to the other end of the weekend we are looking forward to having Scott Wilder join us next week in studio but before that by the wonderful telephone hello sir how are you today I'm um, very well,
5: Tim. Thank you.
2: We're using another form of technology, and we're glad to connect with you to give folks an idea of what's coming up. We have Preborn on the way. We've been talking about it here and there, but we'll get into it even more deeply when you're in studio. Tell folks about Preborn a bit and, and how you got connected with it.
5: Well, Preborn. What Preborn does is provides ultrasound sessions for girls and women who might otherwise choose not to continue their pregnancy to terminate their pregnancy and. So whether it's uninsured or underinsured or just desperate girls and women, uh, pre-born is all about providing those ultrasound sessions because we know that when a woman or a girl sees those pictures on the screen and hears the heartbeat, uh, it changes their life, and they're much more likely to choose life. And so uh, today you can do that. You can be a part of that, and certainly we'll be telling you more about that. Uh, on Monday and Tuesday.
2: Yeah, there are lots of different ways folks can get involved if they want to cover the cost of one or two or five or ten or uh, many more, whatever people would like to do. There's actually also, on a side note, a monthly angle, which I thought was really cool, um, where folks wanted to be a sponsor for $28 each month rather than just do one or a few up front. Uh, that allows them to kind of partner with Preborn over the long term and it's kind of neat because I think uh, there's, a, there's actually, a, you get a photo, an ultrasound photo, or you, you, what's that more about, that monthly sponsor? Yeah, ab-
5: absolutely. So when you do that, you'll get, you'll get a story and an ultrasound photo to share the story of the life that you've been uh, able to participate to save. And just an aside on the number, uh, $28 will provide one ultrasound session. Yeah. Uh, but think of it this way. If you did, that's one. If you wanted to do $140, that'd be five. Yeah. So one for every day of the week. If you wanted to do 28 a month, that'd be 12 over the course of a year. So one for every month of the year. Or if you want to do $140 a month for 12 months, that would be saving the life of one baby every single week of 2019. And so whether you're doing one or five or 10, or you do a $10,000 one time gift or $5,000, it doesn't matter. The phone number is the same. It's 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229, 833-850-2229, and uh, that's uh, available 24-7. Yeah. And as they say, operators are standing by even right now.
2: Yeah, and there's also the preborn banner at WFIL.com. If folks click through that, that's another way. Whatever is easier for you. Uh, we're talking with Scott Wilder. He is with uh, preborn, born uh, the ministry that provides us free ultrasounds. Uh, what I think, and tell me what you think about this, Scott, uh, as I was thinking about the ultrasounds and this whole approach of just, look, take a look at your child and, and almost step out of the way. It's such, a, it's such a, you know, there's so many dynamics, and and we know Scripture talks about, especially Psalm 139, about, you know, God knit us together in, in our mother's wombs. But um, there's so many circumstances that come at the, and, and reasons why, you know, folks are, or maybe we get an abortion, that I think this is a beautiful way to be able to just almost say, listen, we really want encourage you to keep your baby, look at him, look at her. And they almost people, you know what I mean? Like,
5: Yeah, no, <laughs> I think that's exactly right. You know, not everyone is made to stand in front of a, a clinic or march in a protest or hold a sign up or a placard. or. You know, not all of us have a kind of sort of emotional DNA to be able to do that. But this is something everybody can do. And I think it's exactly right. We do just sort of get out of the way. Because really what we find is, Girls and women, uh, there is a combination of things that lead to the termination of a pregnancy, and among those things are pressure and the absence of truth. So pressure from friends, girlfriends, maybe the father of the baby, maybe a new boyfriend, maybe your family, maybe your friends. Uh, so pressure to tell you it's not a baby or don't worry about it, they'll feel no pain or whatever. And then the absence of truth. They don't know exactly what's going on. In their body. and so we we replace that pressure with love and replace the absence of truth with the absolute truth of what's going on and so that they can make a, the best possible choice. And we know that they're eighty to ninety percent likely to choose life when we have the opportunity to let them hear the heartbeat and see their baby in an ultrasound that you can provide for a girl or a woman today.
2: Yeah, again, that number is eight three three. 850-BABY-833-850-2229. You can go online, uh, WFIL.com, and click the preborn banner. You mentioned a big number earlier. We were talking, say, $140 would take care of five ultrasounds, like one per day of the week. But uh, the number five or $10,000 came out, and I know not everybody has that kind of money, but for those who do, and you don't want to give uh, a short-change God, like there are people who do have that kind of funding available. Uh, just a little more than that, if they did $15,000, it actually provides an ultrasound machine. How about that? Can you tell about that a little bit? Yeah, an ultrasound machine has an average
5: life of between 10 and 15 years. Wow. So you could think of it this way. I mean, that would be saving the lives of countless babies, impacting positively the lives of countless mothers for years and years to come, maybe even uh, outliving me. I mean, if, if I gave that money today, perhaps you know, 15 years from now, Um, Lord willing, I'd still be here. But if I'm not, then those babies' lives are still being saved. So this could be part of a legacy uh, for someone. And then maybe a business would like to come in and say, you know what? We've been extraordinarily blessed. Uh, God has blessed our business. Uh, We want to provide not just an ultrasound session, not just one a week, not just one a month, not just one a week, but um, uh, we want to provide an ultrasound machine if you're so inclined, certainly that's an option for you. And the phone number is the same. Uh, just say you want to provide a machine and know that that amount is uh, $15,000. Yeah.
2: Scott Wilders with Preborn. He'll be in studio with us coming up on Monday and Tuesday. just want to connect with him today by phone for a little bit to uh, have a little uh, pre-ramp you know, ramp in so people can be aware and and, uh, and get an idea of Scott's heart for this and uh, our heart here at well, we're very glad to have a chance to, to connect with you a little bit t- uh, today, Scott. And you mentioned one other thing—the th- love, really—that Preborn's about. This is not just a mechanical thing. Th- their Preborn's mission also is to really not just save babies, but also help save souls and, and bring the gospel into the mix.
5: No, it's true. I mean, we, we hear—you'll hear when we're together. You'll hear story after story about uh, a, a girl who had nothing. She didn't even want to keep her baby, and she was taken by a friend to a Preborn center, and she was able to get an ultrasound. And she said they prayed with me. That I'm a different person today. Uh, I'm a different person today than I was three years ago or whenever it was that she was going through this. So it is about saving babies, but it's also about saving souls. And also, it's about even walking with moms after they have their babies. I mean, uh, it's not just the ultrasound uh, uh, that is provided by preborn. Preborn comes alongside and provides things like diapers and formula and all our cribs and strollers and all kinds of things to help moms get a good start. Uh, we should also say Preborn has a foundation that pays for the light bill and the gas bill and the electricity bill. They have a foundation that pays for uh, even the, the administrative, all the administrative things. You're every single penny of your gift, every single penny, 100%. Will go directly to providing ultrasounds, so it all goes to the need, and we hope you'll call
2: now. That's fantastic. We're looking forward to talking more about it on Monday and, uh, and Tuesday, Scott. You have any plans for the weekend? You, yeah, I know you have a big, big family and grandkids and all that. You're going to have some family time coming up before you head out of town, or are you busy all weekend?
5: No, I should say just. I, just uh, I was just in um, I said in D.C. a week before last. I was in New York. Until uh, yesterday okay and then I'll be with you and then I'm in Boston and New England uh, the week after that it's a busy month because it of course is uh, sanctity of human life month yes so not only is it a, is a a time that we you know recognize the the sanctity of human life but uh, what what better time could there be to uh, do this uh, together That's right. and save the lives of uh, babies than here uh, right around the time of uh, the uh, anniversary of Roe versus Wade, and as we all celebrate Sanctity of Human Life Month. That's right.
2: That's good. We're looking forward to seeing you on Monday and uh, have a wonderful weekend. God bless you. Thanks for the work you do. Thanks, Jim. We'll see you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. That's Scott Wilder with Preborn again in studio. this coming Monday and Tuesday. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and wrap up our show. With David Akers of the Eagles as we get ready for the Big Eagles game this Sunday with the New Orleans Saints. Hang on, coming up in just a minute. Have
1: a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss show on AM560 WFIL? Email Timmy D at WFIL.com.
2: 448, jumping right into it. Hello, David Akers. How you doing, bud? Great to talk to you. You as well. It's been a while. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, this program, this afternoon show, started on September sixth, I think it was, twenty eighteen, and you were one of the first guests in that first lineup. I, I'm I'm thrilled and uh an honor, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how they have the first Hall of Fame class, Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb, that kind of thing, the first five. You were one of the first five that day. So Oh, I'm in that class, huh? Well you are you're the we can Eagles. See out a little bit more. <laughs> Eagles Hall of Fame, and maybe one day Canton would be nice too. But uh
6: Six. Times. Uh, I doubt that, but very, very much appreciate it, brother.
2: Well, you're, uh, David Akers, our guest, uh, among many accolades, he was a six-time Pro Bowler and uh, the NFL 2000s All-Decade team and uh, many other records, too. Um, first and foremost to know, though, you love the Lord a lot, and uh, so we want to chat about that for a second. But this weekend, obviously a big game coming up, and seeing how Cody uh, you know, missed on this past Sunday, you can, you can relate to that. I'm sure that the challenges of being a kicker and the pressure – What do you think about this coming weekend, the Eagles and Saints, for starters? Just your take on things so far.
6: Well, there's got to be a little bit of a a revenge factor in the back of the the Birds' mind. You know, say, hey, you know, we went down there and we got decimated. And uh, defensively, we didn't do what we wanted to do, obviously, giving up 48 points. And offensively, they didn't get a chance to really get things cranking. So you kind of put those things together, and it couldn't have gotten much worse, let's just say that. So. Obviously, stopping Drew Brees is tough no matter what team you're on and what sort of defense because he's, he's a very smart quarterback with a lot of physical skills as well. So, And not only that, they're, they're doing a great job offensively uh, with the whole package. So whether you're talking about running ball or receivers that are just always open. So all that being yeah. said, it goes back to are we going to be able to have the team that showed up against the Rams, the Bears, you know, all that kind of mentality, or is it gonna be the, the team that was against the Saints the last time? So is we, we need we need those the last three weeks to, to show back out, if that makes sense.
2: Sure. Absolutely. David Akers is our guest. Through the eyes of a kicker, one of the things people will talk about and why the Saints are favored the way they are right now is because of the, the, the dome being so loud, which you could understand would make a difference, especially for you know calling out signals. As a kicker Did did it affect your, when you played there before, did it affect you that much? Well, as far as for me, uh,
6: it it didn't really matter how loud it got. The louder it it gets, if you can imagine just kind of static sound, Okay, it's just louder. It's it's not like you're making out anything. It's just a big, loud hum. You know, as far as cadence goes for the the snap and hold, a lot of it was done by by hand signal anyway because you're eight yards back, the, the center doesn't hear a lot of times yeah. uh, from that far away. So that didn't really have the impact as, you know, making audible changes and things of that, you know, nature and having the line just, you know, pay attention to the ball versus listening to an a- actual cadence.
2: Yeah. This past weekend when Cody Parkey's, you know, kick bounced off the two, the goal goalpost and the, and the crossbar, and then later, you know, you find out at least that it was partially tipped what what did that feel like for you as a kicker knowing cody parkey is a believer and also just the 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 struggle of the challenge of that pressure coming down at the very end how did you handle that pressure in your career and what were you feeling for cody when that was all unfolding
6: well i guess you know i was fortunate that i didn't have too many of those uh, those situations where it went bad and yeah you know my heart goes out to him i've been there done it as far as not being able to you know miss a kick whether it's the end of the game or or just knowing that he had a deciding factor in a negative way uh, in the game. However, I'm also an Eagles fan, too, so it was kind of like, oh, that's great you know, <laughs> for us. <laughs> yeah. um, but the reality is, i ask, I got to ask this question, You know, would he have made that kick if it hadn't gotten tipped? And it doesn't take much, since you're talking about an oblong ball, if the bottom of the ball gets tipped and it goes to the right of Cody, uh, so the top of the ball coming from the right hash, going right to left, yeah. get knocked over further left. That will accentuate its cause kind of a snap hook in there. And that's very similar to, I think, what we saw with that kick. Would it have been enough uh, to, to, to turn it? I, you know, We just don't know. But uh, it, it did come out a little bit lower probably than Cody would have wanted because we really didn't get much penetration as far as the defensive line. Yes. Uh, into the backfield, you start talking geometry. If they're eight yards back, To the defensive line on the the field goal uh, block team, if that is, you know, needing you maybe like a 12-foot span from ground to air for the ball to clear for those guys to jump, you know, every yard you get closer, you know you're going to need even more, you know, of that height. Well, the ball goes up to an apex. So you just, you know, the further they get back into the line, you know, obviously the lower the trajectory is going to be at that point before... You know, that's why you're back eight yards. It's kind of the optimal distance that you can get snapped and hold in the kickoff. that beats the rush off the edge. Uh, we call those like the skinners coming around. You usually see those guys diving out versus the the internal push from the AZ gaps. So, you know, there's, there's just that kind of optimal. we got to get high tier, but we have to have speed for the outside guys, if that makes sense.
4: Yeah, absolutely.
6: So, and So, you know, sometimes we get in these, in these situations where we – kind of aiming it instead of just pounding through and, you know, I can't you know, jump into Cody's mind and what he was thinking and things of that nature. But, uh, you know, I think he's he's proven over the last few years that he's he's been a pretty solid guy and as far as his numbers and all that. And again, it's kind of crazy to hit, six or seven posts in a season. That's, and then none of them went in. You could you know, try,
2: did, if you tried, if we sat, went out in the field and said, no, I'll give you X amount of dollars, if you can hit that post, could you do it? May, maybe once or twice, but, I mean, you're, you do that, and, it, <laughs> and that's not an easy thing to
6: <laughs> right. do but by any stretch of the means.
2: When you entered big ga- you know, games and big moments, did you have anything that you you uh, you know paused before, whether it's a simple prayer or any kind of routine just to get in the right frame of mind before kicking?
6: I definitely had the same kind of routine all the time and, and whether it was the first extra point of the game or the last second field goal, I try to put the same amount of pressure on myself because if you miss the first extra point and you lose seven to six versus the last second field goal, you know, very similar to what happened in Chicago, it doesn't matter because the outcome's the same. So I try to put the same amount of pressure each and every time I got on that field. Uh, did it work all the time? No, but that was at least the mindset behind it. Um, the, the biggest thing is that when we miss a kick, you just wanted those kicks not to affect the outcome of the game in a negative way. And um you know, that's kind of the the, the idea of the agony of defeat is way worse than the thrill of victory, <laughs> you know, type of thing. Yeah. So you don't want to let down your team, your organization and the fans and obviously by doing that that messes up, you know, your professionalism and when, you know, you, the fans get kind of a little crazy like they, they were after this towards Cody, uh, which was <laughs> definitely a little bit out of line here. I mean, I, I've been through it, done it. I've had the, I've had the, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, like the death threats or whatever via Twitter and all that stuff. It's, it's not a great experience and I feel for Cody for that. He's not deserved of that. Obviously he went out and he's doing the best that he can. And the last thing he wanted in the world was to, to have uh, you know affected his team in a negative way. Yeah,
2: I know you have a lot going on today. I just a quick question. You you had the privilege of your boy who's been taking in your footsteps literally. Has how's Luke been doing with kicking and and what's his trajectory? Is he enjoying it?
6: Oh, he's having a blast with it. He he's a really good goalkeeper in soccer, and I think he's ready to give that up and, and, and kind of focus in on uh, on kicking right now. He's a junior going to senior year, but he he ended up making honorable mention the region. Um, and only been kicking since Father's Day of this year. So wow. uh, we'll see how that progresses for him. He made a 46 yarder in the game this year. It was actually the first field goal attempt of the season, and probably about a 50% touchback ratio for a high school kid. is pretty good. And, Absolutely. So he's, he, he's learning and trying to figure it all out and you know, loving the kind of the process, working out real hard for it right now. And hopefully he will uh, continue on, and we'll see where the Lord is, uh, is pointing him. You know?
2: Amen. Anything
6: people can pray for you about? Oh man. Yeah, you know, I always pray for family and guidance and understanding and and uh you know, that type of thing and yeah. you never can tell where the Lord's leading and ask for prayer and understanding and, and you know, wisdom and I think that's that's always um and safe travels. I'm traveling a lot of a lot these days. I'm actually pulling into the airport as we speak right now to fly to Ocean City, Maryland to do a mayor mayoral, I guess you would say, prayer breakfast. Okay, um, in Ocean City, Maryland. So excited to be there with those people and coming back to, uh, to hopefully watch some good playoff games this
2: weekend and watch the birds get into the <laughs> NFC Championship game. Boy, that would be amazing. Excellent. Thanks for taking time uh, in your busy schedule, David. We'll catch up with you again. Thank you, brother. David Akers of the Eagles. Whew. Wow, what a full show. David, the uh, Hall of Fame kicker for the Eagles for many years, wrapping up our program. uh, We also had Scott Wilder of Preborn. If you want to call and help out with that, 833-850-BABY, or click the save, uh, or sorry, the uh, Preborn banner at WFIL.com. We also had Mike Berry, an author of a new book that's coming out soon. At the beginning of the program, check out the podcast of the full show and any of the previous shows we've had the past four or five months at WFIL.com. Jim Maxim, Acts 413 Ministries, leads in prayer next, then Truth for Life with Alistair Beg. Have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for listening to AM 560 WFIL.
1: Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com